Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM. You're listening to Cork Today on Replay. Phone and text lines are currently closed. This is Cork Today. And a very good morning to you. It's John Paul McNamara with you for today until one o'clock in for Patricia. She's back with you tomorrow on Cork Today. And that means Bernie is taking your comments on 1850-333-103. If there's something you would like to raise or comment on the show this morning, call Bernie on that number or you can text or WhatsApp 0862-103-103 ahead on the show this morning. Following graffiti sprayed on a mural in Clonakilty, we got calls about signposts which have graffiti sprayed on them also. And it's causing confusion for those visiting the area. A lot of people have been on to us over uh, the last month uh, highlighting this issue whereby they have noticed cars and a lot of staycationers people coming into uh, the area from other counties and they're stopping in the middle of the road or at junctions because they don't know whether to go left, right, on straight or wherever because the signpost has literally been sprayed uh, away. Everything written on the signpost has been sprayed over in black or red uh, spray paint or the signpost has been tampered with. And then when the council were in contact with us about this and when we were raising the matter uh, yesterday on the situation in Clonakilty, uh, it came out that the council will have to pay out the money themselves to sort their graffiti and that mural in Clonakilty. The same happens with the signposts because the money to sort out and clean these signposts comes out of the local road budget in the local council area. So if your local road is neglected, this could be one of the reasons or could be one of the reasons for a delay in filling potholes or sorting out a road surface in your road. So because it's all down to antisocial behaviour, what can be done? And is it unfair that the council have to dip into their pockets to sort this problem out? We'll be discussing with Councillor Kevin Murphy, who's raised this issue. He contacted us yesterday afternoon about this after the situation in Clonakilty. Your views are welcome. And have you come across that on signposts? 
across the county whereby if there's a sign for a certain area for example a sign for maybe Clonakilty or a sign for Canturk and it's just being spray painted out or something I have noticed now it might not be everywhere across the county but what I have noticed is if you're driving into a speed zone of whereby you're doing 100k on the road and then the speed is reducing to 80 and then to 60k You'll notice, and this is where I've seen it in, in actually was Grenada uh, on the main Cork to Mala Road and Drumahan. The 60k, someone has taken off the 60k and put 80k on one side of the road and 60k on the other side. So if you're not known enough, not from the area or don't travel that road a lot, you're driving in to an area whereby there are speed cameras and checks regularly on that road. Everybody uh, realises that on the Cork to Mala Road, uh, as there is in, on nearly all roads these days. But if you're familiar with the area you're looking at an 80k and you might keep driving an 80k because 60k is at the other side where in fact that area in through Grenada is 60k or Ratduff even is 60k so in that aspect and what I've seen in Dramahan and other people have been on to us as well about this over the last number of days all of this is leading to uh, first of all the council you know going out and redoing this again but it's dipping into the local budget for sorting out our roads so what can be done with this your views are welcome. Have you come across this? Have you seen the speed signs change where you're living, where it's a 60k? Now all of a sudden it's an 80k because someone has decided to dismantle the signpost and find another speed limit elsewhere in the county and change it to that? Or have you noticed your local area being spray painted out over the last year? Discussing that very shortly. Also, Freshers Week is underway. Uh, but as usual, this time every year, it is causing upheaval for residents who live along the College Road and Magazine Road areas of Cork. City. We're going to speak with Catherine Clancy this morning on the show. She's a local resident and also a member of the Magazine Road Residents Association on what it has been like for the last number of nights. I know Sunday night was very busy. We saw photos and video evidence on social media. We had calls here over the course of Monday's show from people living in the area who were unhappy. And not that they're unhappy, they could not get a good night's sleep. Many of them up for work the next morning. If you don't get a good night's sleep and you go into work tired, it has an overall effect on your day and also on your work performance. So we'll speak with Catherine this morning on that issue and if things have quietened down or if they have not over the last number of days. And we're going to speak with Age Action on a pre-budget submission they have, which includes a call for the state pension to be increased. Is that something you would agree with? Do you feel the state pensions should be increased or should it be left alone? Your views are welcome on that uh, on their uh, pre-budget submission age action feel it should be increased along with other measures we'll speak with them on items that they have put forward in their submission it's something the Taunashta has hinted will happen and we'll discuss that on the programme after 11 o'clock this morning also after 11 why a meeting of Cork County Council at a recent meeting that is they're requesting the TII they are the national body uh, they were called I think the National Road Authority at one stage who look after our, our main roads our motorways and the main road like the M20 uh, or the N20 the M20 is the motorway uh, from beyond Limerick but the N20 uh, to Cork to Limerick or the N71 those roads they look after uh, and the reason they are requesting the TII to erect signage is to let people know that they are driving on the wrong side of a motorway 
And this is due to a number of previous incidents recently on the junctions from Watergrass Hill to Mitchellstown, where people have merged onto the motorway, but they've merged on the wrong side of the road. This is a danger not only to them, but also to other motorists who are approaching the roadway. Uh, and then you realise you're coming across a car uh, which is on the wrong side. And we've seen accidents on that stretch of the image from time to time again, uh, which unfortunately... I mean, it, it does happen and it's not only here in Ireland, it happens, it happens elsewhere in other countries. But what can we do to combat this from happening and the loss of life in our roads? Uh, we'll be speaking uh, with the local councillor from the Fermoy area on that later on what can be done in situations like this. And also, if you're out in the garden, a mixed day today, but not overall bad at the moment where we are. If you have a question for our gardening man, Peter Dowdall, he's along after 12.30. Your gardening questions are welcome as well across the morning on 1850-3331. Text or WhatsApp 0862103103. But as we mentioned there regarding the pre-budget submission from Age Action, the government plans to boost the take-home pay of middle-income earners and to increase public spending. Uh, But this could risk an overheating of the economy. This is coming out from the financial watchdog. They're warning this. This is the Irish Fiscal Advisory Council. They have hit out at the government for avoiding the hard choices because they're insisting that there should be tax increases included in next month's budget. They feel a tax increase will be more realistic but the Tánis Ilí uh, he has said and he has hinted that uh, the spending on public projects will be prioritised and there will also be a tax package for workers to ensure that they're not impacted by inflation which we are all seeing. Uh, so we'll have to wait and see what happens out of that budget and if that will come to play but at the moment on what uh, the Tánis is saying it looks like middle income earners who are usually always hit that they'll see an increase in public spending that they will see some benefit to this budget Uh, while the watchdog is not in favour of this and staying on politics of course we're all aware now at this stage that the Foreign Affairs Minister Simon Coveney the Cork South Central Deputy he is facing a motion of no confidence and that is later today it's all going back to something we've been discussing for the last over two months or more at this stage uh, the handling of the Catherine Sapone appointment as a UN Special Envoy the Sinn Féin leader Mary Lou MacDonald has said her party motion goes to the heart of politics in Ireland she says that people know that you can't have effective policies when you have a political culture that it's all about insiders. So she feels if the government dealt with the situation, they would not go ahead with this no confidence vote. They feel the government hasn't dealt with this situation when it comes to the Minister Simon Coveney and the whole Catherine Sapone affair. And that is why they feel they have no other choice but to go ahead on this no confidence vote because Sinn Féin have said in the past they were happy and uh, thought that Simon Coveney dealt very well with the Brexit negotiations and the effect that it had with Northern Ireland and then Simon Coveney himself has come out yesterday to say it's not his finest moment in politics and he was very embarrassed over what has happened but because of no action that's why Sinn Féin are tabling this no confidence motion uh, later this evening and we'll have to wait and see what will happen with that I mean I think a lot of us know at this stage given the numbers in government that he will survive that unless there's going to be a number of people within the parties that are in government going against this uh, but I don't think that will happen we'll have to wait and see though something we'll discuss on the show tomorrow morning and while everybody's getting ready for things to return to normal by the way of going out and socialising next month uh, when we get back to normal by the way of going out to bars and clubs and nightclubs will reopen it seems that longer opening hours 
for alcohol licences for museums and galleries are going to be included in a new bill which is going before the Cabinet today and this bill is on the sale of alcohol. This will see museums and galleries, uh, they'll be able to apply for a licence to open up uh, with the number of places in which people can socialise at night. So it's not all about going to a bar or a nightclub. You could go to a museum and a gallery and have a drink there as well uh, while attending an event at one of those locations. Uh, this is coming into a commitment to the nighttime economy task force report where they will invest into the economy at night across a number of cities and towns in Ireland and it's based on an experience they've looked at from the UK. So interesting that we will have more choices when things get back to normal. And a warning here for motorists and this is something we deal with this time every year as well and we get various calls from various parts of Cork. Uh, Motorists in deer hotspots. If you're living in an area where you have wild deer you'll be warned to keep an eye out for a surge in deer movement because it's the advent of the animal rut or the mating season as eagle males chase groups of females across roads and even motorways. The silka deer in Killarney already have begun whistling, they say, which signals their their usual annual rut is underway. And I know here in Cork we get calls from people in the Duhallow area and in the Lizarda area we've got calls in the last few years uh, whereby a deer ran out in front of a car one evening in Lizarda. I'm not too sure if, if there's a lot of wild deer still in that area but I know two years ago we got a lot of calls from Lizarda on the main Cork to McCroom Road so uh, just take a, a note of that if you're driving in the next number of weeks it's the usual event when it comes uh, to the mating season for deers and if you have an Apple iPhone or you know someone that has well maybe it's time to update it if you get an update from Apple you know the way you get updates on your mobile phones to update the software uh, because uh, Apple are rushing out to put out the security uh, update on all of their iPhones. It's because of a flaw that was uncovered after a Saudi activist was analysing this and it's believed to be a, a new type of infection by Pegasus. It's a highly sophisticated spyware device by an Israel surveillance firm and Apple are rushing out this new security update so that they don't get into your phones and, and hack your phones I suppose uh, more or less it's going to go into all the iPhones, Mac computers, Apple Watches, iPads and all of that. So if you get one of those, uh, maybe no harm to update. If you have an Apple, Android is separate, but if you have an Apple device, no harm to update it. And I'd love to know your thoughts on this because you would hope that here in Ireland we're going to do something similar. Uh, this is in the UK where big supermarket chains such as Sainbury's and M&S, they're going to shut all of their doors on St. Stephen's Day or Boxing Day as it is in the UK. Uh, stores also like Argos and Habitat, they're all going to remain closed so that their frontline staff can enjoy an uninterrupted Christmas break. And this is all in acknowledgement of their efforts throughout the COVID-19 pandemic. Uh, so as uh, more and more large supermarket chains in the UK decide to do this as a thank you uh, for their staff, do you feel that here in Ireland the bigger supermarket chains should do similar? And this is also not only going for groceries, but it's also going into... Uh, the clothing side of things and petrol stations and convenience stores are looking uh, at doing similar. Now, maybe the local corner shop won't do so. 
And you must remember there's a lot of people who, a lot of students as well, and a lot of younger people who do wish to work on St. Stephen's Day to make money while they're at home from college. So maybe some of the stores won't close for obvious reasons. But the bigger stores and the full-time staff who maybe rostered on again to go back to work on St. Stephen's Day, uh, your store managers, you know, supervisors, all of those people as well who will be required to be on site. Should we do the similar here in Ireland and have a situation whereby all the main large stores, the big retailers for clothing or groceries should close on St. Stephen's Day and follow suit uh, to the UK where the big stores are doing similar as a thank you to all the staff who work so hard in those stores, especially groceries over the last number of years. Did that happen? And you'd always wonder on St. Stephen's Day, I have great admiration for those people who get up at five o'clock in the morning to head along to the sales and queue outside shops at 6am and spend a cold morning queuing up to go in and get something in one of those sales from the various stores. I know more of a clothing side of things, but they're also getting involved in this in the UK. Uh, I I don't know, I, I, it wouldn't be for me at that hour of the morning. Um, if you sense Stephen's Day, I mean, your only day off, you spend Christmas at home. And for a lot of us, we only get a few days off a year. So it's the last thing I'll be doing anyway on St. Stephen's morning is to get up early again at the crack of dawn after we're doing it for the whole year to do it again on St. Stephen's morning to bag a bargain. But in fairness, I have admiration for those who do it. Uh, but would, should we now look at the staff in this situation and keep them closed on St. Stephen's Day? Uh, follow the UK. What do you think? Let me know. Uh, text or WhatsApp 0862103103 and your views are welcome to Bernie on 1850 103. Talk today with you until one o'clock and on the supermarkets closing in the UK for St. Stephen's Day or Boxing Day as they call it there. And uh, We asked should they do the same here. A number of WhatsApps and texts and tweets in saying yes. Yes, we should. Uh, one texter here says the shop should close to give staff a break and no sales until the new year. Would you agree with that? Uh, keep the sales, everything shut until the first week of the new year. Now, is, is that a good thing enough for the people then who are back to work? But uh, your viewers are welcome on that. Uh, one texter saying yes, and a lot of people uh, agreeing with this to keep them closed. But on this uh, particular point from this texter, keep them closed for the week of Christmas so the staff that work so hard can enjoy Christmas and have no no sales starting until the new year. That would be now in the, the bigger shops. Obviously enough, the smaller corner shops will remain open for essentials and a lot of the part-time staff will be glad of them opening so they can earn some extra pocket money for people who are going to college or younger people who need the money. And it's the only way they can uh, make money. But for the biggest stores and the people who work every day, uh, do you agree? Uh, maybe shut them totally until the new year. Your views are welcome. 1850-333-103. Text or WhatsApp 0862-103-103. And the issue of signposts right across Cork City and County being spray painted. And basically the name of the area you want to get to is blocked out. Okay for a lot of us locally, but not okay for those who are visiting the area. And now all the Cleaning up of those signposts is coming out of the local road budget. Record today on C103. Text or WhatsApp Patricia with your comment. 086 103 103. Following graffiti sprayed over a mural in Clonakilty, we received calls about spray painting over signposts that has caused people visiting all areas of Cork great confusion. Councillor Kevin Murphy has contacted the show about this yesterday afternoon and he joins me. Uh, good morning to you, Kevin. Good morning, John Paul. How are you? I'm fine. Thanks for joining us, Kevin. This basically is where signs who where are pointing could be tourist areas or it could be just a town in Cork. They're basically being spray painted over and being wrecked, so those who are visiting the area don't know where they're going. 
Absolutely. Uh, there, there are a number of, um, of serious uh, issues with signage at the moment, uh, John Paul. Uh, and I'm sure the listeners, your listeners would understand quite distinctly that they are obnoxious, number one. And number two is uh, they are covering over the directional signs and all council signs in the locality here, which is, they can say, Ballinspiddle, Carrigaline, and I'm sure maybe Norcock as well. But, uh, but they are very, very serious. And it's going to be very, very expensive to do anything with those now at this stage. And you mentioned those areas there. It's all over the county. We've got texts this morning from everywhere, really, uh, who are saying they are noticing this. But in more tourist areas, what's happening is that tourists are driving. A lot of people are staycating, obviously. They're driving along. Uh, they're stopping in the middle of the roads. They're stopping at junctions because they're looking for, let's say, for example, Kinsale. But the yeah. signpost pointing towards Kinsale has been sprayed out so they don't know where to go. And they might see a sign for Bandon and Cork with Kinsale is gone. And again, if you're a local, you'll know where you're going. You'll have no idea if you're a visitor. Uh, so there is a road safety aspect to this as well, Kevin, not only for the, the cleaning up of the signposts. Yeah, very much so. And uh, there is a, a roads and transport uh, SPC on Friday and it's coming up on that day. Now, um, I did uh, contact our director of services who is part of that and he said that uh, in order to get this over and done with, it would be very expensive, number one. Number two is that it's also um, problematic for themselves whether or not that paint can come off or not. And that's, that's another issue. So, you mean you might not be able to get the paint off and you require a new signpost? Absolutely. So there's a bigger cost than that? And there's a massive cost to that. And then there's when a, we speak a, about the cost, Kevin, that comes out of the local council budget. Is that the Cork County Council or just the local area? No, it's the municipal district area. And, it, and the worst of it is that if we spend money on Road, uh, on road sign cleaning and uh, spraying, whatever the case may be, uh, we will have less and less for pothole filling and for other incidences, or maybe even some other um, serious issues that may occur in the meantime, like emergency funding. So those who are carrying out this antisocial behaviour more or less on the signposts and on areas, in, not only signposts directing the areas, but tourist signposts also, they're going to be the cause of someone's local road not being resurfaced or a road that is bad with potholes. We get calls here about it. The answer I could get back from the council is because they're too busy spending the money on signposts. Yeah, and of course, well, it wouldn't, it wouldn't come out of the, of the road restoration programme or, or that of telling programme. But it's something will come out of other incidentals, which uh, we put, you know, miscellaneous, which we need to have that funding available at all times in case of emergencies. But the, the other side of that would be, uh, John Paul, that it will be expensive from our point of view uh, to identify, first of all, where they are. And really, and truly, the, the guy, one guy who was um, uh, painted over these particular signs was captured, we call him, or he was prosecuted as well. I don't know what happened to him. Um, and I think there's a bill going to go towards him if we can find him to uh, to pay up for the for the damage he's done. He's paid COVID, COVID a scam and uh, end this tyranny, all this kind of stuff. Where he's all over all. and Chevron signs in particular, you know, Chevron sign always a sign where you come up against a very bad bend and there are delineations uh, showing uh, that there's danger involved here. They're all spread over, and it probably is permanent ink. And so, it's, It'll be very expensive to go and get that done. 
Yeah, I know it is a positive step, I suppose. My next question was regarding can someone actually be fined or be prosecuted for this? So at least people are uh, being prosecuted if they are caught doing this, but it's catching them in the act, is it? Or how are they, how do they know the person is carrying out this? And and this guy was caught in in Perthody area here and was uh, prosecuted and went to court. I don't know what happened eventually, okay, but um, yeah, but it's 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 trying to catch them in the act or know the person yeah, that did it. And maybe CCTV or dash cam footage may show that if people are annoyed, they can hand dash cam footage to the over to the guardie if they come across somebody somebody doing this. But also in a public area, you might be caught in CCTV and and that could identify a, a person. So at least you know something can be done. Uh, but overall, unless a person is caught, not much can be done. So uh, with regards to the sign posting, I mean, what can happen from here, Kevin? It is an expense to the council if you're going to be pumping money into something like this all the time? Major, major expense and um, as I said the Director of Services will uh, address it on Friday and um, I'm assuming he has some view on it whether or not uh, he has to go and first of all do a trial run to see can they get the paint off Mm. Um, and if not maybe they might have to use some sort of a solvent or some solution uh, before they, they, they palm wash it. So and then going to be pretty expensive too, you know? Something else we're getting texts and calls on, and I've seen this myself, is speed signs being changed. So you, you might have, you're entering a, a, a village or, or an area whereby there might be a number of houses and the speed limit goes from, for example, 80k to 60k. Oh, yeah. But on one side of the road, the 60k has been removed and they've replaced it with an 80k and the other side has 60k. So if you're not known to the area, you don't know what speed limit you're driving into. You may go 80k but if you're caught speeding you know you're caught because in fact it's a 60k zone not 80 but someone has changed the sign uh, this is something people are spotting now as well in various areas I've spotted it in, in Rathaduff on the main Cork to Mala Road and in Dramahan as well uh, and again this is something I presume that is going to waste council resources because they need to be fixed or is that the, the national group TII does this? Well TII would be responsible for the signage on the national route mm. national uh, primary or secondary but it, it, it's absolutely illegal for, for anybody to go and change or to spray over um, a speed limit sign. That is absolutely, that's, that's obnoxious, number one. But it's also totally and absolutely illegal. So any person, as I said, who has, um, who has any information should pass it on directly to the Gardaí immediately um, or else any member of the council to have them reported. And... I mean, this has always happened. You know, we've, we've always seen tourist signs go missing. You, you'll see certain areas of Cork, uh, you know, signposts in bars abroad. Ben Blow always seems to uh, appear in bars right across the country. But it has it got worse over the last number of years, Kevin, regarding the spray painting or graffiti of signposts and then the removal of speed signs? Oh, yeah. It was in the last two years. Since COVID began, it seems to have um, upped the ante straight away. And uh, in actual fact, I've seen you you see some some mural here and there being painted or being painted mm-hmm. or something and the wall being painted that way and and that's that's probably okay in, in some cases and of course there's absolutely diabolical to see the one in Michael Collins and one in Tanya that's disgraceful stuff totally and as I say uh, go back to the one again when it, it, in the last twelve months or a year and a half it's got extremely bad and I think in, uh, some kind of a Fed has come into the place saying oh let's paint over all these signs they're all they're all stupid and they're, you know, we're all daft to go and get getting um, vaccinated and all that kind of stuff. And they call it scams. So, really and truly, all since COVID began, there must have been something less to do or something, or maybe some idle, idle minds might uh, by, by put this together and start off spray painting. I'm not too sure whether this is a, a, a person who is uh, 
co-opted we'll say to go and do it and maybe paying a few bob for to go and do it I don't know but it certainly must be um, it's, it's back to the us and the country now to go and try and uh, solve that one if we can at all yeah, because, and I, I know this, the spray paint here, you mean the COVID scam ones that are appearing all over the signpost, but at the end of the day, regardless of what people's view is, it's the public are going to be fixing and spending, oh, yeah. it's their money, it's their tax money is going yeah. to be fixing That's these definitely. signs and it could also lose out on their own local road. If there's an emergency situation with the road, it could hamper that repair as well because the money will be invested then into uh, the yeah. fixing the signposts. Okay, Kevin, we'll see what comes out from that meeting on Friday, but for the moment, thanks yeah. for raising the issue this morning. Yeah. Uh, thank you. That is Councillor Kevin Murphy joining us there on the issue with signposts a lot of people are saying the same in various areas of the county first of all Councillor Frank Roach has been on he says his area of Glanworth and Mitchellstown there is a lot of graffiti on the road signs it's very sad to see the signs being interfered with and in Ballyclaw Village the 50k sign has the zero taken off it so now it says 5k and that is also confusing for people who are new to the area or visiting or driving through the area and Connor uh, said he was driving in Galway earlier this year on a staycation similar happening there and he said it is very confusing as if you were not using satnav if you have a fair idea of where you were going and then you come across a spray painted sign you first of all slow down but because you're slowing down and looking at where you should go you could easily cause an accident Connor slowed down fairly fast and the car behind him nearly ran into the back of him who he said Connor said it would be my fault really because even though the person drove into me I slowed down because I simply wasn't too sure where I was going. The road signpost was totally sprayed over and I got confused. So this will affect road safety. Hopefully those doing this will be caught, says Connor. On text or WhatsApp 0862 103 103. Your views welcome 1850 333 Freshers Week is underway and as usual every year around this time it does cause upheaval for those residents living in and around the College Road and Magazine Road area. We'll speak with one of those residents next and how Oh, the week has gone since Sunday. Court today on C103. Call Patricia with your comment. 1850-333-103. Residents living close to UCC are calling for the Gardaí and the college to use their powers to clamp down on anti-social behaviour in the area. Residents in Magazine Road and College Road since Sunday night have had to deal with parties as Fresher Weeks is underway again for another year. Now we heard from callers on Monday who were annoyed at what happened on Sunday night and Catherine Clancy is from the Residents Association there. She joins me. Good morning to you Catherine. Good morning Jean Paul. And thanks for joining us. Now we heard and we saw the footage on social media of people gathering Mm -hmm. in the streets and we had a lot of callers annoyed because they got no sleep and they were up early for work the next morning Mm -hmm. and it did affect their day's work and it's very hard if you have no sleep to carry out a proper day's work. How were things since Sunday and Monday night? Um, well, if I could just go back a little bit there, John Paul. First of all, as residents last week, you know, as um, y- we would have expected that we would have heard about this uh, new sophomore week and the freshers week, mm. and that's, you know, UCC as an institution that prides itself in inclusivity and also in, as being part of the community, made no contact whatsoever about these new events. So we wrote to the president last week when we heard about them for the first time to say like it wasn't appropriate and you know we do have no nightclubs open you're know, holding these events where people want to go and um, so we were really annoyed about that so the disturbance that it was more than the disturbance what we had in our area then on Sunday night was um, criminal behaviour antisocial behaviour um, noise hundreds of young people drinking in the street, breaking bottles, going to the toilet in the street, um, screaming, 
music, uh, unprecedented behaviour, really, hundreds of them, hundreds of them. And that went on from about 11 o'clock until about maybe 2 o'clock in the morning. And you mentioned there about the nightclubs, Catherine. That would explain as the bars are closing, they're going to go somewhere. You know, they're on a high. They're they're Mm -hmm. they're in the happy mode after drink. The bars Mm -hmm. are closing up, Mm -hmm. so you know they are due to go somewhere. So, I mean, holding an event like this and the suffer more week you mentioned, which is for Mm -hmm. those who missed out on last year, you're you're having Mm -hmm. a double whammy now for for this week and next week. We're having a double whammy, and like you know, I don't know what brains are down in UCC. Like you know, but if they had talked to the residents, you know. These fresher weeks are nothing but um, antisocial behaviour to us, no matter what they call them. They should be called a week of antisocial behaviour as far as we're concerned, changing the title. That's what it should have been changed to. But like for us, anybody would know, like, you know, you don't get a whole load of people out drinking and hold a festival when there is nowhere for them to go. Mm. You know, so um, we did talk to the uh, president on uh, Monday night and we're awaiting his response. We feel, you know, that... The, every house in our area and every student received a booklet last week and it's about respect and responsibility, respect and responsibility. And under that, there's a code of behaviour about respecting your neighbours, respecting the community. And um, every word, every line, every paragraph in that code of behaviour was broken in our community last uh, last, last Sunday night. So it's a lack so of respect for the community you feel at this stage? Yeah, well, yeah, no, but as well as that, the code of behaviour. The UCC's own code of behaviour, every word, every line, every paragraph in that was broken last weekend. So as it's so broken speak, there, Catherine, is it time so to get to get hard on this, yes, I suppose, from a community and, and issue fines for those who are caught and maybe expulsion from the college? Yeah. You know, I passed the, I live within the UCC, but in the last two years there's been a mindset change. Like, you know, there's 22,000 students attend UCC. 22,500 of those students go in there. And they go out and they cause no upset or antisocial behaviour, criminal behaviour to our community. But in the numbers of 22,500, you have about 500 who are a source of um, antisocial behaviour, criminal behaviour in our, in our area. And what we said to the President, they are no asset to our area. They're our, uh, they make our lives hell. They definitely aren't an asset to the, to the university as far as their name is concerned. They destroy the name of our area. They destroy the name of UCC. They give Cork City a bad name. They give the university a, a bad name nationally and internationally. So this has to be dealt with. And as far as we're concerned, if you break every word and every line in the act of the Code of Behaviour of UCC, nothing other than expulsion should be the case here. We're looking for expulsions. We're looking for the top people in UCC to take responsibility. They're here under the umbrella of UCC. They have a duty of care to us as residents and they're not fulfilling that. And you're still waiting for them to come back to you? We are waiting. We've outlined that and we're waiting for the president to come back. And also we have been on to the guards because we have fantastic community guards. John Paul, you might have here talking about them here. They're fabulous. They got us through COVID. They minded us. They protected us. And they made our lives, you know, very easy during COVID. But what we really need is an instruction from the head of the guards and our legislators as well. There's a soft touch uh, approach when it comes to uh, criminal behaviour, antisocial behaviour by students, not alone here, but we see it in Limerick as well. That has to change. And students are not getting the message and there'll be no way that there are no reason for them to get the message because they are not seeing the behaviour that was in our area last uh, Sunday night. If it was in any other community, and rightly so, there would have been fines issued, there would have been arrests, and there would have been asbos issued. There wasn't one fine issued in our area. The guards came, they moved them along. Moving people along in is not a, a, a policing solution. 
to the ongoing problem in our area. It needs to be thought out and it needs to be done in such a way that it won't repeat. And because I knew I was going chatting to you today, I, I did take a, take a drive uh, up to that part of the city last night. And this was between nine and ten o'clock, so mm. it wasn't later. Uh, first of all, the city centre, because I think of COVID, I haven't been driving in the city centre or in the city centre late at night. It's looking stunning with all the lights and everything. I must say that. But uh, as you're driving into the city, there is it's noticeable. There's a lot more student activity around, which is great to see in the city centre mm. and great to see mm-hmm. uh, the, the life back in the city centre. But as you mm-hmm. go up then towards where you are in College Road and Magazine Road, yes. It is busy. Uh, what I did notice, the, obviously the footpaths are busy with students out and about and heading to the bars at that stage or to the local shops mm. and off licences mm. for drink. I did notice a lot of Gardaí in the area, but also have you yeah. community, it seemed like they, the back of their science they, community they support. They volunteers with, are they? Um, with UCC and, oh, okay. you know, after Monday night um, there were more guards, or after Sunday night there were more guards put on duty in the area Um but, you know, uh, so that yeah, that has made a difference on uh, Monday and Tuesday night. But it shouldn't take the whole our extra guards to bring uh, proper behaviour of students into our area. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, and there was the a good few there last night. Yeah, there was a good few there. I mean, you're right. You're you're taking them away from something else in the city to be driving around College Road and Magazine Road. Dealing with people who can't, who don't know how to behave. I mean, in the end of the day, these couple of hundred young people They've come from neighbouring parishes. They've come from Ballincock College. They've come from Ballady uh, Hobbs. They've come from East Cork, West Cork and other counties. They would not behave in that manner in their own area. So how dare they come into our area and behave like this and, and have no consequences? We are pleading, pleading with the head of On Garda Siakona, with the uh, president of UCC, to take action that you give us back our communities. We deserve, we deserve, these are established communities going back generations and we're being forced out. That can't be right. It can't be right. And if we go, you end up with other areas around, like what you have in UCC there where the, all the residents have left, the guards are getting no phone calls. These are areas now that look like areas of deprivation around the environment of UCC and they are far from areas of deprivation. They are areas that have incomes of at least about 40,000 a year by landlords who don't manage these properties. And another body that has really, really um, isn't doing its job is the RTB, who are um, given the, the, the actual responsibility of enforcement to do a registration of uh, rented properties, which is the law of 2014. Two out of every three properties in our area is not registered with the RTB. You know, so the landlords not alone but they comply legally and they don't uh, look after their properties, you know, and there is no enforcement whatsoever from the RTD. We've been let down by a lot of people. Yeah, well, it seems that way by the, the, those that are supposed to be in power. Uh, yeah. But, I mean, OK, we have the Guardian out now a lot more over the last number of days, but are you hopeful that this can continue into next week because you're going to have this stuff for more week, which is going to be well, basically we, we, another we week? we were waiting on the present to come back to us now. Like, you know, okay. we've no consultation about this, not alone sophomore week, but the second week, then our freshest week. Like, uh-huh. you know, we, are, we just thought the fresher week should be cancelled, you know, and even if I was to be reasoned, we don't want it. But from a reasonable point of view, like even if it was on the 22nd or the 20th of October when the nightclubs are open, you know, no thought out, no care. Like we did suggest to the president that maybe he could open the um, the grounds of the university at 11 o'clock and leave them come in there. And how would he like to come out to an area that's uh, damaged in the morning? You know, that's the reality. Like they planned this without any thought or consideration for our duty of care to their neighbours. 
And while this is happening this year and last year, was it always this bad if you go back maybe no. 20 years ago? Or how, how, no. how has it got to this stage? When is the last There's time it's got this two bad? Two years ago, I suppose at the start of COVID, things changed for us. Okay. And you know, that booklet that UCC gave out, mm. Respect and Responsibility, they gave that out three years ago and it made a huge difference. There are a cohort of students that are not listening, aren't getting the message. And you know, we have first years back here since uh, the end of August. And the college, their college doesn't start until the um, uh, the twenty second, twenty seventh of uh, September. You know they're back because they've had to rent the properties from that day to secure them. They're around. They have nothing to do. They're uh, drinking. Um, saw some of them on my way into work this morning. They're just heading home, like you know. Um, and there I see the good students, the twenty one and a half thousand of them, heading into college doing what they're here to do like you know yeah, enjoying it's not all the, the students. that's on there Absolutely. yeah it's, it's only it's only a minority and then a lot of people that mm. do go along might not even be in college they might have friends in college and, and mm. they will gather because they know there's a night out and a lot of them will be in other colleges as well not just UCC uh, before I let you go Catherine we did get a statement to C103 News from UCC um, as we have mentioned mm-hmm. them there a lot throughout the conversation uh, they say that their campus watch group is in place to receive any allegations of breaches of their student rules UCC say that they have been working with the Student Union to promote awareness and adherence to public health guidelines and the wider responsibility to the community. The statement goes on to say that the majority of the university's 22,000 students have shown remarkable resilience during the pandemic. Now, Gardaí say they have received complaints regarding crowds also in College Road. And we were on to the Gardaí about this. Uh, They say that the college and the Gardaí will do the best they can um, you have many have gone to court I suppose on this over, over the mm. years and you yourself have mm. gone to court on this mm-hmm. and you will keep raising the issue so with the Gardaí saying that they're you know admitting they have received complaints UCC are saying their campus watch group is out and about uh, Yes but we, like I think we're just listening there now for the first time to that statement from UCC what they say is that they will receive that their campus watch team will receive complaints their campus watch team are out on the ground they can see what's happening. They can happening. see what's happening, yeah. They, yeah. It's up to UCC to follow up. Like It is not up to us, the residents, who haven't got a night's sleep since Sunday to get up all night and to walk around the place and to be bringing that uh, support. They got the videos of last Sunday night. They got them. And they had their community uh, people walking around all night. It's up to them to gather the information, mark the houses where the party is, and for UCC to in, uh, to uh, implement their code of behaviour. It's a cop-out, that reply. Well, hopefully, Catherine, what happens won't happen again for the rest of the week and for next week. Uh, I mean, there is a lot of guarantee there. We need long-term there. solutions. That's exactly what you need at this stage, yeah. You you do need it long because you can't go on and others uh, in this situation. I mean, everybody knows the weeks will come around again of something else happening and you you can't wait for for one night or two nights of disturbance and then for, you know, the the other people to come out. And we have wonderful neighbours, JP, and we have a wonderful community Mm, and it's an established community going back generations and that that is, you know, being ignored by our neighbours, UCC, like, you know, no impact statements done by a university that has increased from a couple of thousand to 22,000. No impact statement from a university that teaches these things on the impact of the growth of that university yeah. on a resi- an established residential area. That's how much consideration they give to our area. Well, we'll have to wait and see what they, if they come back with yeah. a further on this. And again, you know, those that go out and party are not all just going to UCC. They're Absolutely. going to many of the other colleges. And I say and a lot of them not going to college. Well. Yeah, and, yeah we I, are, I, and we are following up with the RTD as well, yeah. with the landlords where these houses, where the, mm-hmm. um, where the parties are, going uh, are on. taking place. Okay, Catherine, for the moment, Listen, thanks thank for joining us. Mind yourself. Parents.
obviously of, of the county who have young people coming into the area where most of them say we welcome them, we wish them well for the uh, new term, the 21,500 of them, but for those, just to remind us of their young sons and daughters, they are coming into an established residential area and to respect it. And beware of that. Okay. All right, Catherine, for yeah. the moment, thanks, thanks for joining us. Uh, bye Take care. Bye. Catherine Clancy there, a uh, member of the Resident Association on Magazine Road uh, and lives in the area, obviously, enough as well on what's been happening there for the last number of nights. Uh, your views are welcome. 1850-333-103. Text or WhatsApp 086-2103-103. Hey, we're with you on, until one o'clock and our lines are open. Bernie, take in your comments across the show on 1850-333-103 by phone. You can text or WhatsApp 086-2103-103. Shortly, we're going to be speaking with Age Action on their pre-budget submission, which includes a call for the state pension to be increased. Now, this is something the Taunashta has hinted will happen. We'll discuss that shortly. And on that, when we mentioned that earlier on in the show, a number of calls in about the state pension and what should happen uh, ahead of the budget regarding the submissions from Age Action and others, but what they should do uh, uh, with the state pension at budget time. On this, Emma uh, on WhatsApp says, I do agree with the state pension that it should increase. My own parents are on the state pension and I feel with the cost of living increasing and as they worked all their lives, they deserve this. However, what about the likes of me? A mother in her early 40s, both me and my partner work. We have two kids. We're up early every morning at 5.30am to ensure they are ready to go to the childminder and that everything is set for the day ahead, that lunches are packed, that my, our own lunches are packed for work and that we have everything in place for the day ahead. And then after work, once I leave work, I'm back then to collect them from the childminder at around 4.30 or so. It all works out okay and we're used to this routine now but on a Friday I am totally drained and for the wages I get I wonder is it worth it all? Could companies give employees a pay increase? I know it's tough with the pandemic and while I welcome the state pension increase I would love something similar if companies would consider this for their employees as well because we are finding it tough at the moment. Uh, That's coming in from Emma on WhatsApp to 0862103 while Tony is in Newmarket Tony says that Bertie Hearn promised that the state pension would be €300 per week by 2012 but it's still only €248 per week the cost of living has gone through the roof and the pension needs to have a decent rise this year it has not gone up in three years 2018 was the last time pensioners got anything in the state pension while TDs have given themselves €200 per week of a rise in the last two years says Tony in Newmarket and on text, the person says, don't pensioners and people on social welfare have enough? Hardly encouraging the well-bodied people back to work. Let's just sit at home on a nice social welfare pay rise. It's madness, says that person on text. Uh, just some of your views coming in on the state pension that we'll be discussing shortly. And on the Sapone affair and the no confidence vote in Simon Coveney. And that is happening later this evening. I just see there on the last uh, number of minutes as everybody is uh, returning to the doll, uh, the group People, People Before Profit, uh, Paul Murphy uh, has come out and he says that the no confidence vote in Simon and Coveney and the government uh, that they will vote in uh, the no confidence vote tonight. So they're voting no uh, for that tonight. That's just coming in there and I'm sure many expected them to do that anyhow. Uh, we'll have to wait and see on that vote and I think many people who are watching this will realise the 
the power of the three parties in government and that uh, more than likely uh, Simon Coveney will pass uh, that vote of no confidence unless uh, those within Fianna Gael, Fianna Fáil or the Green Party do otherwise. On that, Finbar Impan and colleagues says uh, they are saying that Simon Coveney made an honest mistake now and that he is sorry. But Finbar says if he made an honest mistake and drove the wrong way down a one-way street he would still be expected to pay the penalty. So he feels Simon Coveney should be too, says Finbar in Ballincollig. And Christie is in Tip and Glanton. Uh, Christie says, It is in my opinion, says Christie, that the parachuting of Catherine Sapone to the UN position was meant to be used by Fine Gael to keep her in the limelight and act as a launch pad to contest the next presidential election for them. I think the next government should be one with Sinn Féin and Fine Gael because at the moment, both of them are promised promising so many goodies I'm just wondering where is all the money going to come from all of a sudden uh, says uh, Christy in Temple Glanton and on the issue of the roads we discussed there earlier this was to do with the spray painting and graffiti which is happening on the signposts and as a result of this the council now must either get new signs or clean the existing signposts and then that is going to affect the overall local road budget that comes from the local areas across Cork County and indeed it will affect obviously across Cork City Council as well uh, but it was more or less county areas we got calls from regarding signposts that have been sprayed on and it is affecting those in tourist areas but also the what we've discovered and what we saw and what we got calls on was signs for speed limits being changed so if you're entering a 60k one side of the road says 60 the other side says 80 and if you're not from the area you don't know what speed you be going and it's causing confusion. Also a concern to people who, if they're driving in a road where you have speed cameras and they feel that they've been caught because the they were going 80 or they were going 70 maybe, but the sign said the limit was, was 80k, when in fact it should have been 60 because somebody is changing uh, the actual speed limit signs. And again, if you're from the area, it will make no difference. You'll be used to the area. But if you're uh, not a local or if you're just visiting the area, it is confusing. Well, on this, a uh, listener says, Hi JP, about the graffiti on those road signs, I live in North Cork in a rural location but nobody here ever takes notice of the speed limits on this road and is it not right to deface signs for sure but what happens maybe if the tractors are cutting the hedges they could knock the signs down too and yeah and that could happen and if they do you know they're more than likely a lot of those that do that will try and put up the sign or, or let somebody know in the area or let the council know that that has, that has happened and a lot of that is a mistake and there's no harm in what's happening here is on purpose people are spray painting the signposts or uh, they're taking down a speed limit sign and changing it for another speed limit so it's causing confusion whereas if a, if a tractor hits a signpost by accident yeah that can happen but it's an accident it's not on purpose either and, and it's more the signs being damaged on purpose is what the council are annoyed with because that is then eating into the local budget for emergency repairs which could affect the repair of a road uh, Michael is in Mallow he wants to know is the road tax going to Dublin because the Cork roads are an absolute disgrace we should all be driving tractors as the roads are not fit for our cars well we do know that the while well, it goes into a, a more or less a national pot and then it's, it's separated out we have seen and we already discussed this a few weeks ago that the roads when it comes to rural roads and smaller roads that the counties of Cavan and Monaghan received a lot more than Cork County did and given the size of Cork County there was a lot of people asking questions about that and we spoke to a number of councillors and TDs at the time and this was about maybe three 
three or four weeks ago when that story came out. So uh, while even Cork County Council themselves would say they should be getting more money, and I know there was a report earlier on this year saying that that the you know the amount allocated for Cork wasn't really in line with the size of the county. So. Uh, on that we should be getting more money basically for our roads in Cork uh, thank you Michael in Mallow for the call on the situation with the students and we spoke with Catra Clancy there who's a member of the Resident Association on the Magazine Road and what's been happening there over the last number of nights and why things haven't been as bad as they were on Sunday night you know it shouldn't get to this, this stage whereby something bad has to happen or, or a big party has to happen on the streets and the Gardaí have to intervene and then you have you know community office from the college on the streets patrolling the streets you know something shouldn't happen this should be all in place before anything like Freshers Week or something like the the, the, the Freshers Times 2 some people are calling it the Sophomore Week next week uh, that is going to, going to go ahead if people know in advance the plans can be made whereby the Gardaí can patrol the area and you can have those community uh, officers from the colleges roaming around the area but uh, because it all kind of happened and it kicked off on Sunday night with major parties it did annoy the residents uh, and why the parties are continuing on and why the area is busy it, it isn't as bad as it was on Sunday night but on this Liz is asking the question if the students are going out partying students are costing parents money and they're getting away with it uh, whereas another texter is saying where are all these students getting the money from of course they're getting the money from the bank of mam and dad and uh, Elizabeth another Elizabeth on uh, a text saying I hope the students that are out partying are also going to educate themselves many uh, parents has worked themselves to the ground to fund their child to go to college and if the money is being spent on drink rather than paying rent or educating yourself and the education is going to be a failure well it's not very fair on the parents so many parents work so hard to fund their loved ones through college they don't need this thrown back in their face uh, says a person uh, or says Elizabeth sorry on a text to 0862103103 and a text in here from or a WhatsApp in from somebody who just says a West Cork farmer they say John Paul a reminder that all the farmers should be reminded that the briars on road fences of all roads both main roads and by roads should be cut it is the task of the the EU this year to check all such work is carried out as EU payment penalties will be applied where farmers don't comply. So that's a reminder to all farmers from a West Cork farmer. And on the shops, and we'd love to hear from you on this idea. This is coming from the UK. We mentioned this at the start of the programme. The majority of people are in favour. Big retailers and major retailers in the UK, the likes of Sainsbury's, uh, Argos, Habitat and M&S, they're all uh, coming together and they're going to shut their stores on St. Stephen's Day or Boxing Day as it is in the UK. And the reason they are doing this is so that the frontline staff can enjoy an uninterrupted Christmas break in acknowledgement of their efforts throughout the COVID-19 pandemic. Uh, this will be on the 26th of December. Not only big retail stores will close, but a number of petrol stations said they will close as well uh, to ensure workers can enjoy the Christmas period. Uh, people on text earlier were suggesting they should close for the total week of Christmas and open up in the new year with their sales. But on this, um, a, a lot of texts in of people support 
supporting the move here. First of all, a texter says, yes, keep them closed. It's a great idea. Well done to those doors. Staff need a break to enjoy their Christmas. And what a great idea by the UK. Yes, I think they should be closed at St. Stephen's Day. And people get very little time off work as it is especially those that work in retail so I think it is a good idea and we should move that way here as well in Ireland well on that we're asking you on our Twitter feed at C103 Cork if it is a good idea and should Irish retailers do the same here at the moment we have 91.7% are in favour 8.3% against but the majority of people uh, over 90% so far in that poll on Twitter you can vote on that still for the next hour just go along to our Twitter feed at C103 Cork to get involved on that on Twitter uh, but over 90% in favour anyhow for the moments of the uh, store staying shut on St. Stephen's Day to reward staff for working non-stop across the pandemic your views are welcome 1850 333 103 text or WhatsApp 0862 103 103 C103 Jobs On our job spot we have opportunities which include Dan Joe Fitzgerald's Furniture and Flooring in Mallow they have vacancies for full and part-time sales assistance email your CV for the attention of Trina to info at danjoefitzgerald.com Cronin Centra have full part-time and flexi-time positions available in all three locations in Ballylicky, Lep and Union Hall. You can send your CV to cronensfoodstore at gmail.com and the Avondue newspaper in Mitchellstown require a sales agent. You can email your CV to editor at avenduepress.ie marked sales position in the subject line. These jobs and indeed more, they're online now. Just go to c103.ie forward slash jobs. You're listening to Cork Today on Replay. Phone and text lines are currently closed. Cork Today on C103. Text or WhatsApp Patricia with your comment. 86 The government is looking to make a number of changes to the state pension in the upcoming budget. Social Protection Minister Heather Humphreys says an increase on the €248 Euro payment is one of her priorities. Age Action is calling on a €15 Euro a week increase in the allowance next month and Celine Clark joins me from Age Action this morning. Good morning to you, Celine. Good morning, John Paul. And thanks for joining us. Everyone accepts the cost of living has increased and by increasing the state pension, it will make the current living costs hopefully bearable by some bit. So that's why you're looking for an increase of €15 a week in the budget next month. Exactly. We are looking for a €15 increase because there hasn't been an increase in the state pension for two budgets. And we know that the impact of that is being felt um, and lived by many older people who depend on the state pension and other social welfare benefits um, for about 70% of their income. So they have no other income, no other state pension or no other private pension, no other investments or anything like that. And we, we know that a lot of people benefit from that state pension, obviously. But despite this, one in every nine older people suffers from material deprivation. And what that means is about 89,000 older people are unable to afford a protein-rich meal every second day. So basically that means they can't put meat, fish or the equivalent in their meal every second day. And over 30,000 people are un- unable to afford a warm water proof coat um, on an annual basis as well and we know also that nearly 30,000 people go without heating at some stage during their year um, and that 
that is from the Survey of Income and Living uh, for 2019. So we can see that many more people are falling into that material deprivation and at risk of poverty because they really depend on the state pension and other social welfare payments. And that's why we're seeking this increase. We're also seeking that amount of money. It's because it's a stated government commitment <clears throat> that the recommended target for average earnings when you retire is about 33%, sorry, 33% of average earnings is what your pension rate should be. And the pension rate has fallen way behind. It's a, there's a gap there of about 43, 84 euro now at this point. So we could feel 15 euro um, increase building towards that 33% is what's important now um, at this point and largely because we've seen that those older people are living and feeling the the deprivation of not having enough money in their pockets to be able to cope. We saw that particularly during COVID-19 when there was no additional income supports for older people who then had to stay at home. They weren't, um, you know, getting a meal with another family member maybe or getting out to the daycare centre. They had to stay at home and pay for fuel more and the fuel allowance is one of the key uh, social welfare benefits in the in the social protection system. But we know that nearly 70% of people who are on the state pension don't get the fuel allowance. So would you like that to be widened when you were speaking there about energy costs and which are going up and again today another energy provider has confirmed they are going to increase their prices this winter and because of carbon taxes also if you put everything like that into it fuel allowance does it need to be looked at also by way of an increase but widening the, the band for fuel allowance? Yeah exactly so we've asked for the, the fuel allowance to be increased in terms of the amount of weeks that's available but also to widen the eligibility criteria for it because it's really narrow. Lots of people think that the fuel allowance is only for people that are on the state pension but it's across that people across the whole social welfare system are um, potentially in receipt of the fuel allowance but we know that more than nearly 70% of people that are on the state pension don't get it and they're falling through the cracks and we know from a survey that we did of um, older people who are members or stakeholders that fuel is one of the key issues for them so whether it's the home heating or um putting petrol or diesel in their car. Um, and it's particularly an issue for people that live in rural areas where they don't have access to public transport in the same way as we might do in an urban area. They have to have a car. Um, the insurance is going up. The fuel is going up to, to run the car. Um, the fuel is going up to run your home heating. And there's just no bandwidth there to cope with that. Um, especially when the state pension has stayed static um, over the last two years. So it is time now for a government to really make a, a significant intervention in the lives of those people and to address that inequality that exists in the experience of people that are living in vulnerable situations. Um, and the state pension is the bedrock of our social protection system. And it's recognised, thankfully, uh, by the minister that it is the, the bedrock. And it is now something that needs to be brought in line with state government commitments and policy to bring it up to the 33% of average earnings but we also need to triple lock it to make sure that it doesn't fall behind average earnings and what we really mean to say here is that if we could depoliticise the state pension so that it doesn't become a bun fight every budget and people then would have certainty and security about what their income is going to be year on year. Ireland is kind of unique within um, 
the EU in that it sets its state pension every year uh, through the budget system as opposed to having a a benchmark um, that protects people. And as I said, that gives you an idea then of what you're going to be living on next year. It helps you plan. um, It helps you budget, uh, importantly, as well. And it helps you kind of figure out, well, what? how do I spend the limited amount of money that I have? We all, most of us have a limited amount of money and we all have to figure out how we spend it. Um, But when you're on the state pension, then you're dependent on a political system to determine what it is you have in your pocket year on year, how you're going to pay your bills, how you're going to maybe, you know, buy a birthday present for somebody in your family or do something additional that you might want to do other than just keeping above the poverty line and living frugally. And uh, that drives huge issues then in terms of mental health, but also in terms of negative health outcomes for people as well. So it's a bit of a vicious cycle. And uh, we all know at the household level that that's how it works. Um, And so it is important now that we take these... Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM. With Budget 2022 um, and address that really growing inequality that's existing in our pension system. And you mentioned there about the fear that people have when it comes to spending money on an annual basis and we touched on the energy costs but also groceries are increasing and a number of people are agreeing with you uh, why they need an extra amount in the budget is because the inflation which we're all hearing about is going up and the cost of groceries are going up so they'll need that to whatever increase they get many people will feel it will be 
gone again on the increase in groceries which they're noticing over the last number of months and that is due to continue unfortunately and something else in your pre-budget submission Celine this I think is a good one this is to do with providing supports and improve digital literacy among older people because every company now is going online and more and more will do so following this pandemic because it's basically saving them costs they can have less people working in a call centre and they can process more stuff online so we all have to get up to speed with the web and you're encouraging classes in local areas so people who maybe are afraid to go on the internet won't be afraid and it's another learning curve. Yeah, so Age Action runs a programme called Getting Started which provides um, free uh, 10 hours of tutoring um, to older people who want to learn something about the internet or how to use their phone or whatever. We're, um, we had been doing those classes virtually during COVID and we're moving thankfully back into in-person classes soon. But the some of that um, money, the funding that we get and other organisations get for that is under the Digital Skills for Citizens uh, programme and we believe that that needs to be expanded and maintained um, as well. We also feel that, um, so that's to provide people with skills, but we also know from our work, um, and we everyone recognised this during COVID, being able to afford a digital device um, and keep it up to date and pay for broadband is a considerable cost, particularly if you rely on the state pension. So what we're asking for is um, a new communications allowance to be developed that will provide support for people who need to get access to digital devices. And you're quite right, private sector is moving most things online and that means, you know, you can get them quicker, you can shop around online, but if you're not online, you're not able to avail of those discounts and that kind of, you know, variety of of, um, things as well that you can get. But also public services are going online too. Um, There is a move, you know, a digital first approach within government um, over time to be able to offer all public services online. And it's really important that we remember that not everybody is going to get online. There are a group of people who are in the over 70 cohort that have never been online. Uh, They're really difficult to reach and they also should not have to get online if that's what they don't want to do to access public services. So there's a huge amount of work to do there for digital inclusion um, of people, both in terms of being able to support people to learn if that's what they want to do, um, to provide some income support for them through an allowance, such as communications allowance, so that they can afford the access to the device and the broadband, but also we have to be really mindful that not all public services should be um, exclusively online. Um, It drives huge inequality of outcome for for many people, and I think anyone maybe that tried to renew their driving licence um, during COVID will have found great difficulties because the service was almost exclusively online. That's only one example. Yeah, true. And it caused a lot of problems for people who were ringing us here to see if we could help. But everything was online. There was no one physically in the offices. But again, that was, I suppose, a situation out of their control. But I get what you're saying. If everything went that way, then a lot of people would have no way of going about renewing, for example, a passport or driving licence. Finally, uh, Celine, just going back to the state pension, this is something I've seen in the papers this morning as well. And it's a financial expert on the proposed changes to the state's pension scheme. This should allow workers to retire early. Uh, This is coming from a draft commission on the pensions report and it says that workers who take time out to provide care that they will receive up to 20 years of credited contributions that's something would welcome there from age action i presume 
So it's something that, um, yeah, so a credit for people who have been caring is really important. Currently it's capped um, and it's inadequate, basically. So the cap on it doesn't really reflect the amount of time that people have spent caring. And this is particularly affects women, although there are male men who care as well, and we know that. But the majority of caring has been done historically by women um, as well. So there are plenty of women, unfortunately, who are coming to retirement or are in retirement now, and they don't qualify for their full pension purely because they were providing a service to their family and their community and ultimately the state by looking after somebody. So it's really important that that cap reflects the lived experience of people. Um, and we feel there is a bit more work to be done there in understanding the detail of the Pension Commission's recommendations. We look forward to the publication of the report by the Minister and to engaging then further um, with the recommendations of the, the Commission um, and public representatives and indeed making sure that all voices are heard and any decision that's made on pension reform, including that the, um, allowance is uh, reflects, as I said, the lived experience of people. There needs to be much more consultation with people done on this. Um, we know that, you know, there's lots of people at home that are really busy, still caring for maybe adult children and parents, um, and to be able to engage in the conversation about whether what kind of pension they're going to be eligible for is very difficult for people, and it, it needs to be done in a way that allows them to engage, have their voices heard, and their situation considered properly. Very good. Well, we will wait and see what the final outcome of that uh, with that uh, report is. It's a draft commission at the moment with regards to the pensions report. Uh, just a WhatsApp that has come in, Celine, before I let you go. Uh, this is from Mossy, who says, can you advise Age Action to build more retirement villages? Now, I presume it's to advise on the re- building of them. You don't build them yourselves, but uh, like there is in many areas of Cork. Now, these retirement villages, they're ideal for older folk and generally safe from robbery out in the country. And the vacant older folk homes could be sold or rent it to young families it could be a win-win for everybody is that something you would like to see if it was able to work out for everybody and everybody would be in favour of going into one of these but if people were well I think your colour there the texture is hitting on a key point here it's about choice um, so there aren't enough choices um, age-friendly choices for people who may want to move into a different home or um, what they call right size so options need to be there and we need to in this housing plan we need to think about building homes that are for our life cycle and in that they're in communities that are in our life cycle as well so most people want to age in place and that means either living um, aging in the home or at least in the community that they've built their lives so any sort of retirement villages or any options for people to right-size their home, um, to make changes to their home, needs to be reflected about what they want to do. So there's no point in having them um, build miles outside the town if, you know, ideally you're from the town and you want to stay in the town. Equally, building them all in urban areas and not having any sort of Uh, spots for people that want to live rurally because in the community that they've grown up in and they've raised their children and their families and they've worked in that's not right either so there is something that needs to be done there and it is about responding to the needs creating age-friendly communities for all of us to be able to grow older um, and age well in the community in which we've built our lives and continue to contribute. Uh, That's one of the key things we have with Positive Ageing Week from the 27th of September to the 1st of October is about reconnecting our communities by reframing our attitudes to ageing. 
So we need to rethink about how we think, feel and act about older people and also about how we want to age. Okay, Celine, we'll, we'll wait and see what comes out of the budget next month. But for the moment, uh, thanks for joining us this morning on the programme. That is Celine Clark joining us from Age Action. Court today on C103. Call Patricia with your comment. 1850-333-103. Cork County Council is to ask Transport Infrastructure Ireland to introduce greater safety measures to cut down on the number of deaths caused by people driving the wrong way on motorways in this country. The motion was put down by Councillor William. William O'Leary at a meeting at Cork County Council on Monday last and William joins me this morning. Good morning to you, William. Uh, good morning, John Paul. And this is something that has happened locally on the M8 motorway. This is the Cork to Dublin motorway between the junctions of Formoy and Mitchellstown and Watergrass Hill, Rathcormick and Kilworth and the likes. And we have seen accidents, unfortunately, due to this very reason. Yes, I, I suppose over the last number of months we have seen two accidents nationally, one on the M8 between um, Mitchellstown and Cashel and another one further up the country in the west of Ireland in the Bellinasloe region where unfortunately most motorists entered the wrong side of the motorway and unfortunately fatalities were caused from, from those instances. Um, more locally here, we, we saw another accident in um, um, 2019 leading up to Christmas where someone into the, the the junction from the wrong slip road in the Watergrass Hill region and the M8. Look, I, I, I suppose, John Paul, we're very lucky in this country where driver behaviour is reasonably good. But what, what we can't account for is human error. And unfortunately, we are seeing more and more instances of this on our motorways. Um, I suppose we, we, have to, we, have to, we have to put in measures to prevent human error. And my main concern is if measures aren't enhanced on our slip roads, the only short thing from all of this is that we will see more fatalities. And you're looking for new silage that w- would be erected basically on the lanes merging into the motorway, basically to inform people that they're going to end up on the wrong side of the road. This is something like signs you see in and around the airport, near Cork Airport, to ensure tourists know what side of the road to drive on if they're coming from other countries. It's, it's something like this, is it? Yeah, yeah, that's correct. So I'm not asking for... Enhanced, uh, like further major enhanced measures. I'm looking for minor changes here in that um, on, on, on the entrance to the slip roads of our motorways, currently there is an error uh, with a cross road indicating to the driver not into the motorway from that direction. But what I'm looking for, even if those signs were changed to text, clearly stating that this is the wrong direction to enter the motorway from, I think that would make a, a major difference. I mean, there's plenty of reasons why this unfortunately occurs, you know, tiredness, lack of concentration, bad weather where the where the current signage is not clear enough. And and I'm not being ages to ages there, but you know, unfortunately some of these accidents have occurred from an elderly demographic and an elderly bracket who who sometimes may get confused when they're coming up to these junctions where there's possibly two two roundabouts, a slip road on and a slip road off and human error uh kicks into the mindset here and unfortunately the wrong action is undertaken by the driver. Yeah, and we have seen deaths then because of that on the image, unfortunately. And, uh, you know, it, it, as you say, it can happen. How many signs do we see along motorways saying that tiredness kills? And it, it's something like that we need for this situation. I mean, it's, it's, it's I suppose to get the attention of drivers if they 
are going down the wrong way or going on a slip road that will make them ending up on the wrong side of the road. I think it was Brisbane in Queensland and Australia when I was there. I was driving um, on, on a motorway and they have big, like you say, the line with the, the the red the red circle with the white line going through it, but they're electronic so they're flashing, so it will catch your attention and they're powered by solar power so it's, it's like what we have here for our speed signs, that, that their, their energy is coming from, from the sun Could something like that work, or is that too costly? Look, what I the sentiment my, behind my motion, John Paul initially is to raise awareness around this because like I said if nothing is done there's only one guarantee here that this will happen again. So the Cork County Council have agreed to liaise with the TRI, who are the, who are the public body who control our motorways, the maintenance of our motorways. So, look, like I said, I'm open to whatever enhanced measures can be agreed or could be looked at. You know, if, if enhanced signage with, with, with extra lighting is something that will prevent this from happening again, I would be very happy with that if they can proceed with that. Um, the other, But I, I, I don't think they have to... Look, I think this can be done very cost-effectively, John Paul. I mean, I just think even the text and the current signs that are... Add text to the signs that are there, clearly stipulating that this is the wrong direction to enter the motorway from, you know. Um, like I said, driver behaviour in this country is, in by large, is excellent. You know, people people are well aware of the road, are familiar with the roads. Um, but like I said, in any walk of life, human error plays a part. In any job, in any in any activity we undertake, and driving is no different to that. True. Well, we'll have to wait and see what happens. It is a good idea. And considering that, you know, we've had accidents locally here in Cork on the motorway here, I think it is something that needs to be looked at when other countries have this in place. We'll wait and see what happens uh, between the council and the TII for the moment. Uh, William, thanks for joining us this morning on that issue. That is a local councillor from the Fermoy area, William O'Leary. Your views are welcome on that. 1850-333-103 or you can text or WhatsApp 0862-103-103. And a lot of talk across the show this morning we were discussing the uh, pension the state pension that is an age action who have put in a pre-budget submission which calls for an increase in the pension and that is something the Tonish Dilly of Riker has hinted will happen and it has raised a whole discussion then of people who were noticing everything increasing and the cost of living increasing and grocery shopping increasing and one thing we've got to mention it has come in from the Tarashtok charity shop in Dunmanway and they say they have beautiful communion dresses in stock now. So if uh, somebody needs a communion dress or is looking for one, they have them in stock. And Rose wants to thank all the wonderful volunteers who help in the store and also thank their loyal customers. So hello to Rose and all the gang there who tune in every day uh, to us at C103 there in Tarish Dock in Dunmanway. Good afternoon to you guys. And on that, when people are saying they're noticing the costs of everything going up, Rose, another Rose on text says, I agree agree with what Age Action are saying and I totally agree with groceries increasing. I've noticed over the last three months the price of everything in your grocery shop has increased. I'm not too sure is it due to the pandemic or Brexit but certainly things are increasing in the weekly shop and I do feel at this stage that workers and those like you mentioned there earlier this was Emma who I mentioned earlier who works every day and basically while she agrees the state pension should increase she would love herself to get an increase in her wages too and Rose agrees with that and she feels that people in Emma's situation should also deserve an increase employers need to look at their employees and see how they are struggling and even though things are tough for companies through the pandemic surely the larger companies should give something back to their staff by way of a monetary mean uh, says Rose and uh, Imelda on text to 0862 103 103 on the groceries as well has noticed similar 
uh, to what Rose is saying agrees there should be an increase in the state pension but also agrees uh, with what Emma has said that those who are the middle those in the middle class of society those who are getting up early in the morning like Emma with her two children who was who spoke to us earlier or who called into us earlier and said that you know she's up early in the morning she has to get her children to the childminder both herself and her partner are working and even though she's up early 5.30 every morning collects the children from the childminder at 4.30 by Friday she's drained and she would love some type of uh, monetary reward because she feels for the wages she's receiving for all the work she's doing is it really worth it and Imelda really feeling for people in that situation while I agree the state pension does need to increase I also think uh, those like in Emma's situation they need to be rewarded I don't know how they keep going says Imelda on text or WhatsApp 0862103103 and can we help out Jim on this one um, and, and we have more comments in on, the, on the state pension itself we'll go back to those in a while but Jim um, has texted in and this is something he noticed yesterday evening while fishing at Shepparton Lake last evening he noticed a young swan with a spoon bait hanging from its beak now the hook is obviously inside and now he rang Skibbering Garda Station to report it but as Jim says it's hardly their responsibility um, and he has contacted a number of other groups but no one has any idea what to do uh, so can we help out Jim and help out that poor swan in uh, Shepparton Lake uh, what can be done if you are, are in the know let us know 1850 call Bernie you can text or WhatsApp 0862103103 we had something like this before and I'm sure it was in Shepparton as well um, uh, that a swan was in a similar situation and we did try to contact a number of various bird wildlife groups uh, a lot of them could not do anything or, or help us out at the time but if somebody's in to know if somebody can help us out with this young swan who has um, a hook from a spoon bait hanging from its beak the hook is obviously inside uh, the swan if you can help us out with that this is in Shepparton Lake uh, let us know 1850 and we can pass on details and uh, see can we help this one this was yesterday evening Jim uh, spotted this and thanks Jim for your text on that hopefully someone will know uh, what to do uh, with this situation on the state pension and we mentioned the increase could be on the way well a person here says how would anyone have enough on a 248 euro state pension you can save to go anywhere or do anything on that wage a week while another texter says I think the government should be stripped of their very high wages then they might have enough money for pensioners or those who are on social welfare or those with disabilities they might be able to spread the money out then to others rather than them themselves having very high wages and we spoke there to Councillor William O'Brien this is on the issue of the motorway and people who either for one reason or another drive down the wrong side of the motorway and it's causing to accidents and it works both ways because if you're driving on the right side and you see a car coming towards you on the wrong side unless you're quick enough to swerve not all and not everybody is and that is what is happening unfortunately it can be down to a number of reasons tiredness can play a factor uh, a number of people have got in on this by text and whatsapp first of all a texter here is saying common sense should tell drivers whether they are from the area or not um, what do they want are they thick or what says this person that could be in relation now to this story or also the signpost story we had earlier as well 
Uh, uh, sticking with the uh, motor way signage though a uh, text here is saying I don't think the signage will make any difference you need something on the road to stop people going down the wrong way things that allow you to come out over them but you can't go back on them uh, says that texter while Ross says in Europe they have a sign with big red hands showing you it's the wrong way I'm sure it's something like that we would need uh, while Magella is saying yes I do agree that something needs to be done I have seen this happen before on the M8 motorway between Formoy and Kilworth between both those junctions uh, thankfully the driver was able to re- reverse and went back up the road which was dangerous enough but at least he wasn't on the wrong side of the motorway uh, but something needs to be done what can only I think of Magella says is having big electronic signs that was mentioned uh, how else can we get around this also I feel so many people are under pressure in this country that while they're driving they're not paying full attention to the roadway says Magella and on the issue of signs a lot of people agreeing with what Ross has said there as well have flashing signs so that if people are tired or are not paying attention it will catch their attention they will know they are going down the wrong way of the motorway and I know Ross says there that in Europe they have the big red signs and the big red hand showings are going the wrong way um, and I, I, I know I'm sure it was Brisbane when, when I was in Australia uh, driving around Brisbane and, and, and rural parts of Brisbane and you're going onto the, the motorways uh, they have big red you know there's the circle and the white line going through that basically says no entry and that's flashing and it does catch your attention they're big signs and they're powered by solo power uh, so hopefully something like that could be brought in here in Ireland to stop accidents like this and there's a number of those accidents happen we don't always hear about them and then some uh, as we heard with William results in fatalities anyhow we'll see what happens uh, with that situation Uh, staying with that though on signs in general which we spoke about earlier on in the show and this is signposts for towns any town pick a town Clonakilty Kenturk Mallow wherever uh, there's been spray painted out or something's been spray painted over them and then if you're not from the area you're not too sure where you're supposed to go if you reach a junction because the area has been sprayed out Uh, but the only thing that the council are annoyed with here is the roads that would benefit let's say if there's an emergency need to repair a road the money that is going to be used to fix and clean these signs or maybe even replace these signs then that comes out of the same budget that would be used to repair the roads when it comes to an emergency so somebody's road that may need an emergency repair could be delayed because the fact that whoever has carried out the vandalism on the signposts the money must go into that to ensure that first of all there's a signpost there and people know where they're going but also that it won't cause uh, a road traffic accident as many people have said earlier on this morning on the show well a person here who lives in Wheeling says uh, the signposts around Wheeling have been vandalised for the past number of years when people have drink taken this person says they think they can do what they like and sticking with the road and the rules of the road and with the issue we've dealt with there on the motorway uh, and I'm not too sure if everybody would agree with this or not but a person here on text says make everyone do a simple theory test every two years ask them 10 questions a lot of drivers haven't a clue of the rules of the road would you be up for that a simple theory test every two years to ensure then uh, that you can I would presume from what the texter is saying continue to drive that you would have to get 
uh, all 10 questions correct because that person feels a lot of drivers haven't a clue of the rules of the road and like all of us we all pick up bad, bad habits the longer you work at something the more bad habits you will pick up and the same for driving the longer we all drive the more bad habits we pick up along the way uh, and would you be up for that then though uh, doing a simple theory test every two years year and a I'd love to hear your response on that by that uh, suggestion from that texter. Uh, you can text her WhatsApp 0862103103. And uh, on the no confidence vote that's going to be held later this evening in the Dáil on Simon Coveney, a lot of parties now coming out this morning and saying what way they are going to vote on uh, this motion. Well, a texter here says, I am listening to the debate on the Simon Coveney no confidence motion and I am appalled at the Cork TDs such as Dunica O'Leary and Barry supporting the motion to effectively remove a Cork TD from a senior ministerial position. I have no political affiliation and certainly would not be a supporter of Fine Gael's right-wing politics, but I have a lot of respect for Simon Coveney and how he articulates himself and represents this country in such a vital role. Can we learn anything from the past? Removing Phil Hogan as EU Trade Commissioner as we approach Brexit was nothing short of a journalistic witch hunt. I'm getting very tired of listening to Mary Lou MacDonald and her constant negativity, says this texter, at a time when the public are trying to extract themselves from the mental strain of the pandemic. Would politicians across all parties ever consider working for the greater good of the country, rather for their own self-importance and that coming in from a texter to 0862103103 on that uh, confidence motion tonight no confidence motion that will take place later this evening in Dollar and your views are welcome 185333103 or you can text or WhatsApp 0862103103 The C103 Cork Diary with the new Explore Cork app a Cork County Council initiative the perfect way to plan your staycation in Cork and a free driving concert will be held in the Church of the Resurrection Grounds in Mallow. That's going ahead this evening from 7 to 8.30pm. It's free, no tickets required and this is to help those who may be anxious about getting out and about again due to the pandemic. Everybody is welcome. Kildallery Home Bingo Books are now on sale in the usual little outlets and this week's Snowball Prize is €200. Euros. Skibbereen Country Market, that goes ahead this Friday from 11.30am to 2pm. It's an Abbey Church Hall, lots of cakes, bread, jam, chutney, plants and much more at Skibbereen Country Market this coming Friday. And to celebrate the biocentenary of St. Martin's Church in Fernie Van, Mass will be celebrated this Saturday at 2 o'clock by the Bishop of Cork and Ross, Fintan Gavin. That's followed by a book launch of the history of the church and a plaque unveiling plus refreshments and music. Seating is available outside also with a big screen outside the church. Everyone is welcome and no booking is necessary. Record today on C103. Text or WhatsApp Patricia with your comment. 86 and regarding the state pension and the increase in the state pension, Christy says it ought to be remembered that the government took over €20 billion Euro out of the National Pension Reserve Fund for the bank bailout, yet no money for pensioners over the last number of years. Well, if the rumours are to be true so far, what's coming out, there's due to be an increase this year. What that will be, we won't know. And as Age Action and others campaign for an increase, we'll have to wait and see what that will be in the budget next month. And regarding the texter 
who doesn't agree with what opposition TDs in Cork are going to do and vote against uh, Simon Coveney in that uh, no confidence motion uh, because they feel it will leave Cork without a minister if it does go through. Uh, Frick says, well, if that's the case, what did Simon in government do for Cork or Hall for that matter? Look at the event centre, uh, says Frick on uh, WhatsApp to 0862103103. And on the driving test and what we've been discussing this morning on road signs and the issue of people driving on the wrong way of the motorways and one texter did suggest that maybe we all should go back and do a simple theory test every two years to refresh our minds when it comes to the rules of the road because a lot of people that person felt don't know the rules of the road well I was asking would people go along with that would they be up for that and uh, no, they're not. No one's up for that on text or WhatsApp. No one wants to go along and do a simple theory test every two years. The person, uh, the idea was that you would answer a simple 10 questions of a theory test and then it would let you continue on driving. I presume that you would have to know the answers to continue having your licence valid. Well, on that, while the majority of texters and WhatsAppers and callers are saying no, they would not be up for this. Uh, one person says, is that person one of these people that doesn't know the rules of the road? Anyone that passed their driving test had to learn and know the rules. We are not that stupid, says that person on WhatsApp. Uh, while another person here says, with all the backlogs at the moment in driving tests, this is all we need to do a simple theory test every two years people that need to start off driving can't get a driving test or a theory test as it is then a mind of those of us who are driving for a number of years uh, thank you for that so a lot of people not in agreement with uh, our earlier whatsapper regarding should we do uh, a simple theory test every two years and just going back to something we discussed earlier on the show and everybody was in agreement with this this is uh, the large UK retailers they're going to shut their stores on St Stephen's Day uh, Boxing Day over there of course but they're going to shut down for St Stephen's Day because stores like Sainsbury's M&S Argos Habitat and so many more to give their staff especially those who worked right through the COVID-19 pandemic all their frontline staff they want them to enjoy an uninterrupted Christmas break so when they finish up on Christmas Eve for many of them they have to go back again St Stephen's Day and it means as anybody that works in retail you're basically your Christmas Day you go home if you're not living near home you're travelling down late on Christmas Eve you spend your Christmas Day at home you're leaving Christmas evening uh, to go back to where you're living and to return to work the next day now uh, over there in the UK they are going to uh, have in the majority of retailers anyway close for St Stephen's Day and the majority of our texters when we ask should the Irish stores do the same everybody is saying that they should our Twitter post that we ran earlier on our Twitter feed at C103 Cork. Yes, 92% say yes. The Irish retailers should follow suit like the UK and close on St. Stephen's Day while 8% of people say no but the majority feel that stores here as well should close on St. Stephen's Day. That's on our Twitter poll and thank you for taking part on that on Twitter at C103 Cork. Now, uh, yesterday, uh, there was uh, further investigations into the murder of uh, a baby boy in County Kerry 37 years ago. And Gardaí again have renewed their appeal uh, to his mother to come forward. This is the body uh, of the newborn baby known as Baby John was found at White Strand Beach in Carasivine on the 14th of April in 1984. And the infant had suffered a number of stab wounds and investigations 
investigations are still ongoing and the remains of the body were exhumed as part of an ongoing investigation into the, his death yesterday and this is all part of the Kerry Baby story uh, tragic uh, on what happened at the time the reason uh, for this is because of sci- scientific advances in DNA they're hopefully uh, investigating Gardier hopefully um, that with the advances in DNA that this will lead to some sort of new information in their ongoing investigation and I know this morning superintendents in Kerry uh, have been saying that they just want to deliver justice for baby John and again they are appealing for anybody who may know something of what happens back in the 80s, back in that year, 1984, or knows of something since then. They're appealing for anybody to get in contact with them. And you can do that by contacting Killarney Garda Station on 064-663-1222 or indeed any Garda Station. And at the time, there was a lot of controversy around that story. I mean, that story was going on because of wrongdoings in that investigation um, up until 2018. It was, it was again back in the news, but this now concentrating on uh, the late baby John and what what everybody wants is for whoever knows anybody, anything about this to come forward. It's just such a sad story and maybe something will come out from uh, this and with the developments in DNA that we will uh, know more but we'll have to wait and see uh, what comes out from that investigation but Gardaí today are appealing for anybody with information to contact your local Garda station or Gardaí in Killarney We're going gardening next with Peter Doddall Across Cork City and County This is Cork Today on C103 And just a final few comments in on uh, benefits and this when we were discussing the state pension due to increase and mother here uh, says I am a mother to two children I think the monthly child benefit should increase 140 euro in child benefit doesn't go very far and also another person in with a similar comment on that and another texter says I don't agree with the state pension rise people on job seekers allowance get a measly 203 euro uh, no talk of an increase for us not like the state pension which are due to get an increase give the rise to was on the job seekers allowance and a motorist Joan or John in Butchevin says motorists are careless with parking in Butchevin and they take up two spaces rather than one they're not able to park properly and they're not taught how to park into a space when we were discussing uh, the learning of driving and uh, simple uh, driving theory tests earlier and on driving on the wrong side of the road a texter here says what about red meaning stop at traffic lights some people think it means they're excluded and they can keep going as says that texter on 0862 103 103 well from driving habits let's go to your gardening habits and Peter Doddle the Irish gardener from theirishgardener.com joins us as usual on a Wednesday afternoon afternoon to you Peter I'm laughing laughing listening to you John Paul talking about people getting irated red lights and parking but <laughs> <laughs> there you go we're now all you, the same aren't we you'd never go through a red light of course Peter well, sometimes I think they're Christmas decorations, but no, I wouldn't. No, 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 I wouldn't indeed. No, no, I wouldn't do any. I'd never break the law, John Paul. Of course, I you wouldn't. wouldn't. No, you're, you're too good for that. No, ne- never, never yeah. break the laws, right? Uh, it, do, it does happen, though. I see that more and more in the city with people rushing that they, they end up, as it just goes red, running through the light. But I think that's to do but with you know uh, what, our I, crazy lifestyles I, at the moment. And you know what's even more dangerous, I suppose, if you like, my, my little one is. Uh, well, she's not little anymore. She's ten, but I'm I'm paranoid about her on the zebra crossings. And you see, I try. I need to explain to her like that. 
just because you're on a zebra crossing, somebody could be texting or on the phone or not see you. Do you know what I mean? You just yeah. have to make sure the cars stop. Do you know? Yeah, anyway. you're, you're right. Yeah, you're yeah. so right. Those zebra crossings, I wouldn't be yeah. just jumping out at all at all. No, uh, right, let's go no. from uh, driving to gardening. And uh, Peter, we've had a lot of questions in, but this is one that came in earlier this week from Dave. And it's something you mentioned a few weeks ago on the show. It's basically, he has a tree. Now, he's not sure of the species of this tree, but it's basically was damaged during a storm and it fell. Now, it's hanging over everyone is telling him to chop it down but he wants to get advice to bring it back up now he said you discussed something like this a number of weeks ago and you mentioned a man that does this he does he wants to know if that person uh, still does this or do you know any more about it i can't remember exactly what we spoke about john paul in, in this regard but uh, if it's a tree that's overhanging and it could be a possible hazard yeah you'd absolutely want to get a, a qualified tree surgeon to have a look at it so depending on what part of the, the, the county or the country you're in, um, the person I probably recommended is the person I use for all my tree work, and it's a fellow by the name of Neil Vaughan. Now, he's based down around Lissard and McCroom, but he works he works everywhere. But uh, he's, as I call him, the tree whisperer. What he doesn't know about trees isn't worth knowing, if you like. So uh, get in contact with him. I think it's Muskery Tree Care is the name of the company. Ask him to have a look at it and he'll, he'll, he'll certainly advise you and give you the right advice on it. Okay, Dave, hopefully that helps you there. And Anne is in Bantry. She says that we planted a tree and we did this with this tree about 20 years ago. Now, she doesn't know what type of tree it is, but after planting, she was advised that the roots grew everywhere and should not be planted near houses or buildings. Now, prior to Christmas, they did cut down the tree, but unfortunately now, the new roots are appearing all over the place. They are growing very well. The tree looks lovely in June, July and August it has lovely green creams on it but what should we do now and by the way she says that these are new shoots coming through again Yeah what's happened here if, if, I, if I'm reading or if I'm hearing the question properly is there was a tree planted with an invasive root system so she was advised to take it down which she's done uh, but what the root system is doing now is there's still plenty of life in those roots and they're taking up the energy from the soil and uh, along the root system they're sending up suckers so they can i think from the description of it the, the different creams and creams uh, greens and creams in the leaf it could be the variegated poplar which is a renowned one notorious for for an invasive root system and should never be planted within 200 meters of a, of a pipe or a property um so and that's quite a distance 200 meters like that rules it out of nearly all most domestic sized gardens um uh, so where it's coming up now, it is a problem because it, it goes in search of water. So that's why it goes for pipes and it'll go to foundations. It'll interfere with everything. Um, the best, I mean, the only thing to do is if you try and rip up every bit of the root system, but that's going to be nigh on impossible in most situations. I'm very slow and I rarely recommend the use of any herbicide or weed killer. But I think in a situation like this, careful application of a weed killer might be the, the right way to go. Uh, and the weed killer you would need for something like this is what what are referred to as brushwood killers. There's several different brands. I'm not that au fait with them because I don't use them or haven't used them in many years. But in a situation like this, I think careful localised application of a brushwood killer, you get it on. It's probably the wrong time of the year to do it now. You need to get it onto the growing tissue, which will be in the spring again. Uh, put, put it on to what's above the ground and it'll... As in, in as many places as possible so get to as many of those suckers as possible uh, and to get that chemical back into the root system but do do it in early spring when it's just coming into leaf would be the best time 
Okay, and this person here has pruned two hydrangeas last year. Now, one is full of flowers, but the other didn't flower. Now, it is full of nice, healthy green leaves, but no flowers. Did I prune it too much? And also, this person wants to know, is it okay to plant Grisellinia hedging now? In answer to the hydrangea question, I'd say, yeah, it's pretty straightforward. I would say, yes, you probably pruned it too hard. So if it's, if it's giving good green leaves... Uh, it's very healthy and it's fine. And don't ever worry if you prune something too hard and people would often worry, ask me, should I go this hard or that hard or when should I do it? If you prune something too hard and even if you prune something at the wrong time of the year, it's very unlikely that you're going to do long-term damage to the plant. So that hydrangea will be fine. As you can see, it's still producing loads of green leaves and it'll start flowering again next year. You just need to be careful. You probably pruned it a bit too hard, uh, but there'll be no long-term effects there whatsoever, I wouldn't think. Uh, yes, you can plant Crystallinia now, you can plant Crystallinia really at any time of the year, provided you water it. However, it depends on how you get it. So if you want to plant it now, um, you'll be planting what's called potted plants. Uh, if you want to plant what's called bare root plants, which are, as they sound, John Paul, like traditionally all plants were grown in a nursery field and they were only lifted then during months from kind of October, November through to February, March. They're bare root plants, so they're not grown in pots. Uh, that could only be done if you want bare root plants it's really your windows November to March if you want potted plants it could be all year round provided you give them enough water Okay Helen has some geraniums outside at the moment would they flower during the winter if I bring them in or how should I care for them? It's very possible they will flower during the winter. So the frost tender geraniums are, are pelargoniums to give them their, their kind of posh name if you like the correct name uh, they are frost tender now, I would say seven or eight years out of ten, they'll probably survive outside in Cork. Uh, but but we will we certainly will get winters that will put paid to them. So best best thing to do is bring them in and protect them and hope hope that they don't uh, succumb to cold damage. And when you move them inside into a kind of a porch or, or a conservatory or, or even a glass house, they, they will very often give you a few flowers during the winter months as well. There's nothing to do in terms of looking after them, really. Just give them, don't give them too much water, but equally you can't let them dry out. You don't want to overwater them during the winter months. Um, just bring them in, let them do their thing, and then come the spring of next year, so March, April uh, next year, I'd start kind of cutting them back because they can be prone to getting a bit leggy and lanky, so maybe prune them back a bit to, to encourage them to get bush out again. Um, uh, but that's, leave that, that's next spring. Okay, and from Helen, hopefully that helps you there. To Mary is in Banley. Now, she planted 10 angel winged plants with silver leaves last year. Now, they grew lovely, she says, but this year she has lost four of them. They look as if they are rotting. Now, they're all in the same bed, so why are some of them dying? I would think that's probably the Senecio, the Senecio angel wings, the Dodecathian angel wings as well, but I think it's Senecio when she says the silver leaf. So it's a very striking foliage plant, which is kind of was really introduced to the market as a retail plant about three, four years ago, and it's been hugely popular because it's got this very striking silver foliage. It's a lovely-looking plant. However, and she's got it right, that yes, I think they are rotting. They do like a very full sun position and a very well-drained soil. Uh, and, of course, we're, we're in the south of Ireland, and grand, we get plenty of sunshine from time to time, but uh, we also get plenty of rainfall. And if the soil is holding the water at all, that plant will just begin to rot. And I think that's what's happening. In answer to the second part of the question, why are some going and why are some okay? I suspect it'll spread probably to all of them. So what you'd want to do is take out the ones now that are okay uh, and maybe improve the drainage in that soil or alternatively maybe move them to another part of the garden or you could even grow them in pots where, where it's obviously the drainage is going to be that much better. Okay, Michael wants to know, can he prune rose bushes now? 
Uh, end of September, you can, yes, you can. It's probably a bit early, so if there's any bloom or any flower left in them, I wouldn't. Uh, you may as well enjoy the rest of the flowers. Uh, however, if they're finished flowering, they're looking a bit untidy, yeah, you can. I mean, really, the window is kind of any time from, you know, mid-October to the end of February, so we're only a week or two, two out. It's not the end of the world. The, the, the only thing, by pruning them a bit too early, which it is probably a bit too early, uh, you may encourage some new shoots a bit early which could be susceptible to frost damage but equally pruning it a bit early and if we get a mild winter you might get some flower over the winter um, so the answer to the question is yes you can but you, you have plenty of time left to do it anyway you have all the winter to do it and Mary wants to know is there any spray that we could use before setting our veg next year we just couldn't keep the weeds at bay and sadly the weeds took over also something for the carrot root fly asks Mary I, I hate to say it to you Mary but I, there's not a chance uh, an earth that I'd recommend putting a weed killer down any spray if you're going to be planting vegetables afterwards because you're going to be eating the vegetables uh, and you don't know what you're going to be eating with the residue of the weed killers so no I absolutely wouldn't recommend the use of a, a chemical herbicide in that situation now what you can do uh, because I mean obviously weeds is a problem and I, I obviously would encourage everybody to grow as much of their own food as possible because number one it's good for you but it's also great fun uh, but yes, weeds, it is high maintenance and weeds are a problem. So what you can do instead of looking for a spray bottle before you plant them out is mulch the area. So even the area bef- that you intend to plant, if it's going to be fallow for the next few months, uh, even just put old newspaper or, or any kind of paper that will compost into the ground on top of the area, water it so that it becomes quite sodden, it won't blow away and cover it with some you know, garden compost or bark mulch or any organic matter. Uh, and that, that then you can actually plant straight through that next year into a weed-free situation. So you can do it quite easily organically. Um, uh, and the carriage root fly, the best thing to use is probably the, the, the micro, the, the fleece. You can get a fleece at time of planting. They're little collars that you can put on, uh, fleece collars that you can put on, but that will be at time of planting. Okay, and we've only under two minutes to go, Peter, so I'm not too sure if you can answer these questions briefly, but Kath is on and she loves hydrangeas, but where she is living, her soil is limey and she always ends up with a pale pink. Can she do anything to change the colour? You can add a thing called aluminium sulfates, which which will turn your pink hydrangea blue, if you like, because it'll make the soil more acid. It's sold as hydrangea colourant, so if you go looking for hydrangea colourant, Um, that's what you need to to add to the soil you need to add it a few times but the instructions will be on it but that will work yeah and we mentioned angel plants there are they available to to buy now? they should be in most garden centres I would think yeah I would think they would be Okay, and Mary's in Skibbereen and she wants to know if she can transplant a young red robin plant at this time of the year she wants to move it to where her hedge is dying uh, depending how young so it's probably still a bit early if it's only in the ground a couple of months yeah you'd be safe enough but if it's been there for more than a year or two I would wait just, just another you, you really don't want to move anything like that until November onwards so you don't have long to wait uh, but move it from then on could I very briefly before you finish as well do, John Paul do. just want to put the call out uh, I'll be back on the Today Show soon enough with Dahi uh, probably next month or whenever it kicks off again uh, doing gardening but I'm also looking for some what I'm calling green heroes. I want to highlight the work that many people are doing around the country, uh, be it individuals helping bees and helping pollinators or are, are doing their bit to be green and sustainable, or maybe it's a business or maybe it's a school. But anybody who's doing a bit above and beyond, uh, I, I think that I, the, everything to do with climate and biodiversity and everything is very, very negative. I want to highlight in some of the positive work that's being done. So if, if you go to my Facebook page, The Irish Gardener on Facebook, you'll see a post towards the top of my page uh, and if you want to, to nominate somebody to be considered to be a green champion, put it in the comments there. I'd be delighted. 
Excellent, Peter. That's a great idea. So uh, best of luck with that. And uh, we'll be seeing you here next week. And also you'll see his face on the Today Show. You'll hear his voice here uh, next Wednesday again uh, on our show. For the moment, Peter, best of luck. And we'll chat to you next week. Thanks, Jean-Paul. Take care. Bye-bye. Peter Donald there. And you can check out his website, theirishgardener.com. And as he said there on Instagram or indeed on Facebook at The Irish Gardener. Patricia Messenger is back with you tomorrow with Cork Today from 10 a.m. Enjoy your week. Enjoy your Wednesday. I'm Jean-Paul McNamara. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with Code Program for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code Program.